I mean, of course, uh, a record player sounded great. Exactly. You know? <laughs> Are you guys originally from, you're not originally from Maine, Jersey? New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Yep. New Hampshire. Really? Yep. How long have you guys been around in, in Maine? Five years. I think so. At least track of time. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right, though. Yeah, I think about five years. 2015 or 16? Yeah, it was 15. Yeah, I think so. What made you decide to come here? Was it for was it for growing? Um, or was it something else? We were we were happily growing in New Hampshire, and then um, the SWAT, freedom, the, SWAT the freedom came. too. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Yeah. yeah, getting away from that. So yeah, let's let's get right in with the little sure, intro ahead, today. <laughs> we're like right in the SWAT, the raid. Everyone's like, who the hell is this? another main podcast episode? Uh, obviously joined by the co-host Carrie Landry and myself. Uh, Evan, go under headstash207 on Instagram. And today we're joined um, by the renowned people of Tastefully Baked. Hello. Janelle and Corey. If you guys, uh, uh, thank you so much for coming up today. Thanks for inviting us. Thanks for inviting us. I know we were kind of just talking right about you guys were in New Hampshire originally. Um, you've been here for about five or six years now. And you're saying that in New Hampshire, the main reason you left was because there was some legal issues. One and two, the state's laws were not as. Oh, they're horrible. Yeah. They're Draconian drug laws. Yeah, do you guys want to do you want to dive into a little bit of that? Like just as far as like which part of New Hampshire were you in? Um, and when when did this happen? The Lakes region. So the Lakes Lake region. Yep, Lake yeah. Winnipesaukee. Oh, nice. That's a pretty popular area, like uh, tourist-wise, right? Very much so. Yeah, it's I gorgeous. So. Mm-hmm. It's just summertime. Look out. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Is it yeah. full of tourists? Oh, huge. Huge. Really? That's yeah. why I see everyone. Comparable to. Like Sebago Lake. Does it's it just get busy. flooded from what like from tourists like from, Friday to Sunday in yeah. the summertime? Yeah, it's a, it would be comparable to like a Sebago Lake, I would assume, right? Like that blown up a little more, maybe. There's a lot of a lot of oh wow, so even a lot bigger, of bigger yeah. homes up yeah. there. Yeah, oh, where there they can develop more mm-hmm. um, on the lake compared to what we've seen at least on Sebago. So you have yeah. like a lot of money. Two to Sebago gets really two to five million dollar homes just right. everywhere, kind mm-hmm. of around the that's lake. That's not very common. Well, you know that's funny because price value of lakefront uh, here in Maine up. has started to really shoot up too. Yep. yep. I talked about my parents a little while ago back in 77 we bought some they we they <laughs> bought some land <laughs> i wanted to be in on that actually i am i just bought it there you uh, go. well not alone it's the whole family's decided to pitch in but they bought it for eighteen thousand wow. dollars back wow. then now it was a it was a little bit of a shithole there's no doubt but there was so much land and it was waterfront like it wasn't like you had access to get to it or anything very private so all of those are perks, like you would think, well, how could you not buy it for yeah. that dollar amount? Right. And now it's, uh, well, they undersold it to us, but I would have probably put it closer between five and seven yeah. at yep. this point. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, no, property prices have gone up. Yeah. They have. In general. Now, so I mean, but we talked about, we we're at New Hampshire too, you guys, and yep. so you guys did get raided. That is what happened yep. now. Yep. It, you say that that gave you a really good perspective on how the justice system works and how some of there are some big flaws. And obviously that has... You know, fueled some, uh, you know, some some viewpoints. Is there anything you want to share, like things that you've learned, or maybe some things that people should be aware of, or how it works, or something we, that was really eye-opening throughout the experience of it? Must have been intimidating. The fact that if you don't have the money to get a good yeah. lawyer, you're pretty much going to jail. Um, That's really what it all hinges on yeah. at the end of the day. It is, isn't it? Yep. It's kind of sad. Yeah, it's, it's sad to see. Like. It was, so it's more of just uh, pay this amount of money to uh, to keep the system working and and we'll let you off. Yeah, that kind the, of feeling. Well, it wasn't exactly we'll let you off, but you'll be able to hire 
an attorney that is willing to really do the digging. I mean, we had to hire and... private investigators and the whole nine to actually beat the case. Um, so it took a lot of a lot of infrastructure, if you will, to right. To a lot make of resources. A lot of resources lot on of your res- end. Yes. Yep. yep. A lot of resources. How long had you been growing or or doing uh, at, in at New the Hampshire point where before? That it was about seven, seven years. years. Seven years yeah, ago, we were kind of did the underground thing where we would just rent out a nice house, grow it, kind of you know, run it, and then move on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, it caught up with us. So. Mm-hmm. It was about a, a year-long ordeal to the day, almost to the hour. Actually. Yeah, we had a no-contact order. Couldn't talk to each other um, for the for a whole year. For a whole year, we had to call off our wedding. Wow, it was kind of a bad time. You were <laughs> so you were engaged to be yep. married before yep. that, and yep. they didn't want you having any kind of conversations or any kind of contact with one no, another. No, we couldn't talk to each for other for a year, whole for year. year. Yeah, yep. we weren't allowed to talk to each other's parents. Um, they had our phones tapped. Yeah, the DEA had all of our phones tapped, our family's phones tapped. Had you ever had any kind of... And now, was this the, not the, even the a state run. drug enforcement agency? Or the state, federal? but the DEA assisted with, the, with right. the whole thing. So, And that was and that really derives from, too, because New Hampshire really had some super shitty laws. Yeah, it, it was like, about 50 to 70 years of indictments when it was all said and done. Right, so and that was, was state-level indictments for the most part. Yeah, and, and that's, there that's was crazy, federal like, stuff if that were to go through we would have been looking at more mandatory minimum federal time so it was either win it all or oh sorry about that that's all right i mean yeah. hey we needed the music so i understand <laughs> i'm gonna put that on airplane mode hopefully. damn so yeah it was either win it all or plan on spending the rest of your adult life in a cage did you think it was gonna happen did you think it I'm going to beat this? Did I mean, you guys you think can... you were going to beat this and I'll do whatever I need to and when hope it would? I or? was sitting there in jail kind of processing everything. Yeah. You just, you have a pretty strong intuition. You knew something was up, knew something was fishy, knew it didn't really make any sense yeah. altogether. Just yeah. trying to put all the pieces in your head mm-hmm. and just know that there's, there's something underlying. There was something that went awry somewhere along the lines and it's more so just trying to figure out where that was. Yeah, my attorney basically said there's a rat in the wood pile and we're going to find it. That was at our first hearing. So then kind of from there on it was just trying to figure out what exactly transpired. Vet out, yeah, figure, figure out, out who what, and how. Because they, they sealed what? everything. They didn't want us to know anything. They didn't want us to know who was involved. They didn't want us to have any of the evidence. They, they just wanted us to be blinded. Uh, scare us with a bunch of charges. Make us take a plea deal. Um, you know, they offered me 10 and but I mean, the first time we went, was it for what? Was it our indictment that we first went to the court to do that um, formal? I can't remember. The arraignment. The, the arraignment. Yes, that's what it was. Once we went to the arraignment and I heard various bits and pieces that they were um, presenting at that point in time, at that point I knew something was off because mm-hmm. the details that were being presented weren't accurate with the time that they were saying that this person was in our house. So there was definitely, at that point, I'm like, okay, there's there's something up here. There's something that doesn't line up. There's something different that happened that we don't necessarily know about. So. You hear a lot, or I, I guess reflecting on, hear people talk about uh, the issues of uh, marijuana charges, cannabis charges, and how people have had to cope with it and deal with it. People have been in prison for quite a while. Yeah. That's a, that's a, hardcore reality i guess depending on the state you live in more often than not yeah or any state depending on or any state really sure so i mean all of those running through your head you guys must been i mean to get through it and 
you're finally past that, or or you finally, you know, we've been, yeah, we've been past. Move beyond that oh, as yeah. well, but on, in reflecting back on it, and not to beat a dead horse with sure. this topic, but in reflecting back on it, any any thoughts or any feelings about how others and incarcerations and has it become a, a platform? Anything you post? I, I don't know if I've necessarily seen you talk about that on a. We or, don't. Or seen you post on that. We might touch it here and there, <clears throat> like um, this past weekend was October 17th, which was the anniversary of the day that we got raided. It was also the anniversary, six-year anniversary of the day that the case was completely dropped by the state of New Hampshire. Um, every time that happens, it, you... Kind of go back, you go back and read. You go it. back through it. Look, like, you went back for the first time in seven years through all the papers. And for me, it definitely, there's PTSD associated with it. I don't... You want to look at the positive side of it and... For me, going through all of that stuff definitely brings back a lot of the emotions I was experiencing um, during that time, which none of it was good. No, I can uh, I could uh, yeah, assume so for you, for for your families to have to go through that as well too. That must not have been easy for you guys as well. That is Certainly. probably the or were they a beacon? Greatest were they... outcome I feel like we um, got out of it because obviously our parents and nobody knew about it. Nobody knew about our lifestyle at all. It was very just, just him and I, and I think there was maybe one other person. It was complete. Yeah. Nobody had like, any clue. Nobody had any clue. So off the grid with what, what you had been doing before. Family nobody had no idea. No idea. Not even friends. They were just like throwing their phones in the lake when it hit the papers. We were in, you know, it was on the news. It was in all the local papers. It was, it was a pretty big deal. So, so it was, it was, yeah, it's a smaller community. Right. And you're also talking, area, you said yeah, it was right. about seven years ago or something now? It was seven yeah. years ago So that, that even, even in the state of Maine, I mean, the laws were kind of lax, but they were. it was no no near, even in the state of Maine seven years ago, we still weren't where we are at it now. It was with frowned the upon big time. Yeah, so like there, it's come a long way. I mean, For now, sure. you know, the, the way you guys were operating probably never would have got you caught now. I mean, exactly. like the way right. other people operate, you know, it's like... The only way you're getting busted, I feel like now, is if you have six vehicles in the driveway and they're all from different LLCs. So, I mean, yeah, it's definitely changed quite a bit. But I wanted to shift it more towards about the transition into Maine and, like, how you guys started to really come about with Tastely Baked. Because, obviously, it seems like a pretty well put together brand, you know, through and through from like well thought out and executed. We talked about it a little bit before this. So, you know, I don't know if you guys want to touch upon that, how it really, how Tastely Baked came about from that whole shitty situation. And, yep. So we were trying to figure out what we're going to do with our lives and where do we go from here? We spent about a year after everything was done in New Hampshire and we're just trying to figure out where we're going to migrate to. You could do the traditional go work the nine to five for someone doing a job that you don't really want to do. And at the end of the day, we really enjoy being together all the time as much as possible. That Mm -hmm. was one of the things that we used to love about cultivation way back then. So we decided to pick up and try and figure out how to move into the main market. Um, Was it immediately the Portland market, Portland area that you went to? No, we were actually Was it just looking for places uh, that you couldn't? We were just trying to get across that imaginary line and not be in New Hampshire. We, um, yeah, yeah, we got, some police got fired and it was just not a place where we wanted to hang around. Right. Yep. Uh, We just kind of wanted to get out of there, so. Mm -hmm. Oh, so rented a Understandably few. Understandably so. Yeah. <laughs> rented a few homes in what well, we were in like Limerick for a little while. Yep. We were in Wells for a little while. And then eventually um, migrated our way up to Portland. Um, but as far as tastefully baked, it's just. Is tastefully baked 
more of uh, the newest in, uh, newest incarnation, the exactly. newest, uh, newest, like it'd be kind of skipping ahead of what you were doing when you yeah, first well, got there. Yeah, might have right? been some, there might have been some, uh, sure, so a foundation before that, too. Feel free to elaborate on oh, that. Very you much know, what so. came I mean, before Tastefully Baked? As well, as she got allergic, is kind of how yeah, we, I mean, so we cannabis, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as just, I couldn't, I couldn't garden anymore yeah. at all. I was like hives everywhere, hives everywhere, just I couldn't, I mean, I mean. Time we'd come to harvest season, I'd be wearing the crazy mask all covered up, and all, all covered good. up, and just trying to get through trimming as much as possible. And after a while, you're kind of like, I, I can't do this forever. You're like, it's all a, right, it's a yeah. little much. Where else can we go from here? Did you become allergic, or or yes. had you always been? Yeah. I've noticed people, I became a allergic. lot of people who have been in grows and as time and cultivation, and as time goes on, they can't be there anymore because they have skin irritations I mean, or, or respiratory. Yeah, you could just. Get really right. A lot, yeah. a lot of mucus, but I also think that the real root of all those reasons more so has to do with the actual individual and the health and the current state of their body and going more into like microbiome and gut and bacteria and a whole other, it's a, is that how you it, were interpreting a like a, a change for you in a lot of different ways or had you all, all I have a lot of adopted. I have just a variety of allergies and I've been talking to naturopathic physicians and trying to seek out to figure out what is actually the root cause of that and causing it all because it doesn't really make any sense. So kind of going down that rabbit hole, I think that is more so where the true root of the issue lies. And I'm not as allergic to cannabis as I used to be as I've figured out how to make my body healthier and function better, actually. But Tastefully Baked did come out of the fact that I still wanted to be in cannabis, but knew that growing probably was not going to be the thing for me forever. Right. Mm -hmm. So as far as trying to figure out how am I going to get people who would originally think that, you know, cannabis is taboo and who would never even think about touching the plant, how am I going to introduce it to them and to get them to kind of open up their eyes to see it beyond the stigma that it's been always attached to? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think going back to us getting raided and having to deal with all of that, that opened, personally, that opened up my mother's eyes completely. <laughs> like, she... She's a TSA agent, so she's very... Oh, your mom is? Very yeah. Your mom is. Yes, she is. So she's very, she's a very, very straight-edge woman who would never think in her wildest dreams that her daughter would be involved in cannabis, let alone get arrested for it and have to go fight this whole year-long legal case for it so as far as that goes that was she probably knew you weren't a criminal i mean really. exactly so that really opened up her eyes to see that not all people who are involved with this are that particular stigma that is associated with it well i yeah. think the big one of the biggest realizations was when we got our big huge indictment um you know from the prosecutor's office at the top of the indictment you know normally like if you were to shoot somebody there's a victim um, and the victim in our case was the state of New Hampshire. And when you really break it down to what it is, it's about they didn't get paid. Um, now, look at they're letting it grow, and they're getting paid, and they're letting it grow. They're not coming with 25 agents with AR-15s and masks on pointed at their faces because they're getting right. money from it. Yeah, it's, I've, we talked about it once. It's funny how you break it down. Like, like crime itself is really like a social construct in a lot of ways too yep. and like they've i've read some stuff on it where like it just like if you look about like i, I use the analogy if you're like so like if you look at basic like theft if you were to take uh uh say if, if i was to walk up to my employer's drawer and and take a hundred dollars out you know they could call the police they have it on camera or whatever but then they could short me on my paycheck 
It's a completely different case. I'd have to go to the attorney general, and they were so. It just it kind of goes to the whole thing of like how crime and like like you said, the victim was because they didn't get paid, and it is a it kind of when you start to break down like like the whole law, uh, is that like is that a fair reasonable punishment too? You know, exactly. like, so all, it's all you're getting fifty to seventy years because the state wasn't paid. So where you know wh- how is the victim compensated? The state is the victim. You know, where's the is the compensation? Why, really yeah, need? how is this a crime if there's yeah. no victim? So, I mean, yeah, it is kind of, it's crazy when you start to think about a lot of the marijuana crimes. Like, uh, I have the background of my iPad. It's, I think it's Tamika Drummer. She's, like, serving a life sentence for, like, two ounces of weed. You know, she's been in prison for, like, 18 years. And, like, she's, like, one of many of people that are, like, you know, the same, like, the same thing as that. So, it's, it's pretty crazy, too. I just feel like a lot of the laws, the leniencies that we're starting to see in laws now are, are, are only coming through because there's money to be made off of it. Yeah. yeah it's I mean, not because that's... all of a sudden, morally, they're like, you know, cannabis isn't that it's not, bad. No, it's, it's not, not because right. of that. That's. Nope. Not I mean, luckily that. for us, we were able to get them to change the federal forfeiture laws in New Hampshire because they took our brand new car, they took all of our cash, um, and that just went away. They they seized that, and we never saw it again. Um, but now, I mean, they didn't have to have a conviction. They could just basically seize it from you, and if you couldn't prove that where that cash came from, yeah, um, it was theirs to keep. So now they actually have to seize seize it and convict you. Um, they have to seal that conviction to keep it. So it's not as much of a money grab for them anymore. They actually have to do real police work. Right. Um, and, and On our, a state level or federal? Because well, would federal be the, different? The state will, the state will seek it out right? and they'll find the case and they'll contact the feds and the feds will help them with the raid and they'll, they'll split it because the feds will forfeit the property. They'll auction it off and the state... We'll get a percentage. The local police department will get a percentage, and the feds will keep their percentage. So they all get paid. Um, they they come in and paid. do a raid, and however much cash they find, that's getting split up between agencies. So they're getting new guns and new toys, and you know, it's a it's a business. Right. So a, a couple of years back, maybe two and a half years ago now, uh, coming up on three here in Lewiston, uh, we had that big bust that yep. uh, they went through maybe twenty plus uh, different grows. Was that uh, there were rumors of uh, IRS being involved in the raids or people with IRS coats being involved in the raids? Mm, I yeah. don't know if that was necessarily true or not. Do you remember? I saw pictures of the paper that they had. Yeah, they had IRS jackets. They on. did. It's hard to know what you read in the newspaper, like the truth of yeah. it, especially coming from our perspective where we were in the newspaper pretty much every single week and we would read the story and we would be like, well, that point's not true, that point's not true, that point was worded wrong and misconstrued. That figure was blown up times a thousand. So now whenever I read certain things like that in the newspaper, I... Makes you skeptical? It does. Yeah. I don't know. It's not all the truth or they don't understand necessarily the full picture of it. So it's not worded in a way that actually conveys how it's Like they tried to paint us like these, this, this, like this drug crime scene. There was a big drug distribution table with firearms and like they went into the, to to really paint a picture. Firearms and cash and cannabis. And they tried to, you know, paint this picture to kind of like... As like a, like, yeah, like a cartel. Like yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. No, just, that happens, I think. And you read it and Is that to get public, uh, public uh, perception? Uh, public perception. Maybe I'm saying that wrong. It's like but, the uh, public appeals. Yeah, so right. Where they're like, oh, just another bust of two people. and But being in a small location like it was. And we were in a really wealthy neighborhood, so they were kind of offended oh, by wow. it. Oh, wow. So it was, yeah. uh, it was on Governor's Island, which is like where all the biggest houses are in the area. Um, were you guys of, just growing in the whole house? No, uh, just the garage. It was a big three-car garage, and there was a big shop behind it, um, and we had the back of the thing set up, so you could open the garage doors in the front, and there was you couldn't tell. 
No. It was pretty stealth. Yeah. Um, and it was a big, you know, 4,500 square foot house on a pretty big lot. So we were on a semi dead end road. So there was no traffic or anything like that. So yeah, you weren't really bringing attention to no. yourselves. No. Then. Well, no. when they came to get us, I knew it. Luckily, she wasn't home, but. They yeah, sent the whole entire army after us. Did they really? Oh, yeah. Got, yeah. They surrounded the perimeter. They were coming to bash the door down. You saw them coming. I was getting that. I came out of the bathroom, and I was going to, I turned my water on, and I was going up to trim. Um, I, it's funny you said you had headband. Headband? Mm. They took about 120 That's of them Is this me. a curse, then, or no? No, no. Are we all right? <laughs> it's my favorite strategy. Is it really? <laughs> yeah, this is by the, uh, Incrementum. Uh, Evan, I'll let you. Yeah, or sure. pass it along, or either way, get it started. I'm not as good at rolling as I should be. All right, that's I'm full disclosure here. For the longest forever. time, I used to always be straight out of a pipe. We smoke bongs, so I don't, no idea. I don't yeah. right. Still, I should. I mean, I got plenty here. So <laughs> yours, are yours are too nice. To <laughs> Clean them up a little bit. I know nobody will ever know. I went, but no, I realized. So I, I didn't realize just how much glass gets traded around. Yeah, it's yeah. so it's whole all of this has already been used at one time. You never or know multiple though. times, right? Sort of like not buying that new, and yet it's accepted that uh, just clean it with some uh, rubbing alcohol or, or getting day, a clean can, ISO. Can you tell? It's, if you can't no, tell, not at all. No, it's not, not at all. There's like so many people that will say new, never used, and it's like, well, I saw you like three years ago hitting out of that shit when you first got well, it. Well, I mean, you know? it's, it's like, different because it's sterilizable. It's not like it's no, a no, carpet no, that's what I'm or something I, like, where yeah, there's going like, to be like something else left but in that's there why i also just think there's no reason you can't just say yeah it's been hit out of like you know like yeah, any any sensible person is going to be like yeah it's it's, well, it's like if you buy a new car glass. somebody took it for a spin and didn't mm -hmm. ruin it it's not technically mm -hmm. new how many times you get it with zero miles you yeah know? i don't think i've seen that i think my jeep my jeep might be the first new vehicle and i'm probably not going to buy a new vehicle ever again oh i don't really I mean, care for it i mean i mean i do i i needed it and i wanted a new vehicle but uh you know i news overrated it, it is. is. It's just, I agree. Uh, it's Get a waste. It a couple of years old and let somebody else take the depreciation. That's what. I, <laughs> you, aren't you it's a gonna be Toyota me. driver though? Uh yeah. We just. Well, I was just for I this one. This is our we, first. This well, first well, you Toyota. mean avidly, like uh, no. very. And not no. only that, I think the only reason I know that's because I saw a dog pick once. I'm like super into dogs. Probably. Like, I saw a dog pick. I think coming out of the truck or something like that, or out of, out of one of the vehicles. I was like, oh, Toyota. And then you say the thing about depreciation. Because Toyota's have like the best appreciation. Well, that's why we got what we got for this one. Before we had, everything's always surrounded kind of by dogs as far as my choices of yep. things. So we had the truck mm. before because the dogs liked it. Very good. Good. Good glad hair. But yes. It's been a while since I've had a good. Now you guys, very good. husky people? Uh, we had a wolf, but we had a wolf. unfortunately she, she passed. She passed away in April. Like an actual wolf? Um, she was 20% uh, timber wolf and oh, then wow. a mixture of Malamute, um, Shepherd, and Husky. That's, that's oh, a northern, northern. My brother raid. had a, a mix of wolf and shepherd as well. Yeah, she was at the raid when when they came, yeah, they and the first thing I thought about was they're gonna they're gonna shoot my damn dog. So yeah, I right. came running outside with my hands up, and I said, "Don't shoot my fucking dog!" So I started screaming at him. Yeah. And they luckily they let me corral him up and get him in the in the bathroom before they shredded the house apart. Yeah. Well, hey, that's at least a, at least they afforded that luxury. But yeah, I have, I have, yeah, I have two Akitas, so okay. definitely, definitely know yeah. that I was like, that's that's like yeah. big into the dog thing. Bunch so. of fur everywhere. Everywhere. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Are you how are you dealing with that? Huh? How are you dealing with all that fur? Oh, you don't deal with it. You just like have to, I don't know, take it, bitch it's, about it. It's and what happens. Cry about it sometimes. Vacuum like everywhere. every day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, so um, so we're talking a little bit about tastefully baked too. I know we kind of keep getting sidetracked. It'll yes, happen we do. often, but uh, we were talking about tastefully baked. You guys said that the main reason that you kind of made the transition was that you yourself were getting allergic to weed. You wanted to get out of a grow and start to provide people cannabis products and also break the stigma. Yep. 
and, and your also, health. Yeah, if I can figure out a way to, I mean, I have more of a background in um, nutrition and like holistic and alternative medicine. So, and if I can figure out different ways to formulate that in order to help people and their ailments all the more. You may mention earlier that uh, you have been uh, physical. Uh, personal trainer? Personal trainer. Yes, I also did that. That was my gig. You said that was a lifetime ago. It it was in our past lifetime. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. you did it kind of alongside for. A, I, yeah, a I did. Time. I did while we while we grew back then, and I did personal training on the side to be the one to. It has something over the books. So if you're going to go into personal training, then you have to take into account diet, or 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 I mean, you Very would. Much so nutrition, nutrition's huge. Nutrition's. Right. Really it's not just everything. one facet. You're going to have to change things, and so you've taken that approach into. Um, I, what well, ingredients, what yes. foods you want to use for tastefully baked? Um, I would, I mean, it really all boils down to we are what we eat. And as long as trying that scares to, me, but I think even like it's true though, even so, it is scary. And that, that's why it's so important to be conscious about it. Right. Do you mind? I, we, so the tastefully baked brand is clearly built around the, you know, the, the whole idea that it's trying to be as main related as possible. You know I mean? You guys use as, yep. as much main, uh, Main ingredients. Can, can we go through a couple of the products? We were talking about the beeswax before, or the the honey. The honey. I'd love to talk a little bit about that because it's like you guys, you have a lot of knowledge, to, you know, to share about some of the products that you do. That I don't feel like sometimes everyone gets to hear unless they're specifically following you. Right. So yeah, I mean, your guys' honey. What's different? What's the difference between the honey that you guys are getting and then the store bought honey? You know, that was one thing that we talked about that I don't know if anyone knows. Yeah. So most of the honey that you get at the store is cut with other ingredients, mainly. I believe what corn syrup is the predominant um, ingredient that it is cut with. Generally, most of them, I don't know if you've tasted a variety of honeys at the store, but they generally have a very generic, similar flavor, no matter which one you buy. Um, But I've noticed as I've sourced out local honey that it all has a very distinct and different flavor. There's different, depending upon what season that the honey was harvested in, if you Mm find um, an apiary or a beekeeper that will actually harvest at different times of the year. Um, what, what times are those? You, you, we were talking about that a little while ago, and yeah. you said a couple times of the season? It, de- it depends on how much honey the bees are producing, producing at that point in time. Like this past year was a very, very slow production season for mm-hmm. the bees because it was so dry outside there wasn't a lot of nectar for them to pull out of all the flowers but i know that the year before when we went to the apiary he had he had pulled honey i think from what like four different times four times i believe yeah throughout the year so it was like a summer and like a midsummer and like a a summer fall and then it went into a fall honey so it all depends on what um other flowers there are at that right. point in time, will kind of dictate the flavor profile of your honey. Is it is it somewhat? So, how long have you been using the provider that you're with right now, or a couple of them? Or is it to the we point where you can kind of identify like your like the taste of the honey, like the your early 100%. summers? And what are some of the flavor differences? Like, if as a consumer, what can you, can you expect from like an early summer to like a late fall? Well, there's one? the orange one. I don't know if you want to. Get oh yeah, that. there's also the orange one. But as far as the the summer one in particular, that has more of what I would say like a, a brighter lighter yeah it's just a lot lighter but there this particular honey it just has a certain I can't really ever put my finger on what it is but there's a certain type of kick to it kick to it almost that, a spice yeah like a spice that I don't really ever find in any other honeys and then like the fall honey has more of a molasses deeper but still has that kick to it 
We've gotten uh, like a medium honey from another apiary, which I believe he just did all of his honey at harvesting at one point at in time, one time. instead yeah. of pulling for different times. And that was... And that's okay to do that? Just one? Yeah, it, so similar, yeah. Yeah. it gives you a different flavor than probably used to. It's almost like a full spectrum. Yeah, exactly. Everything, you know, exactly. flowers. Yeah, so exactly. you talked about them like florally impacting the flavor of the honey. So as a, as a beekeeper, or a, what's the term? I'm sorry. Well, they're like said? an apiary is apiary. the place. That, okay. Yep. Those are where the hives are. Those yeah. where the hives okay. are. Um, so they can, they can, by what they plant or what they have florally in their area, they can influence what? The flavors of the honeys can be exactly so must, yeah. So everything must and that be must so come into account or t- be taken into account. It does. It? I mean, the honey that we get from Wyndham <laughs> tastes different than the honey that we get from Gorham. Right. I never thought of that. I never thought and of then how different that could be. The gentleman that we get the honey from in Wyndham in the winter time, fall and winter time, late fall winter, takes all of his bees down to Florida and does a bunch of orange blossom with oh, the bees down cool. there. And so I've got some of that honey as oh, well. Nice. Yeah. And then oh, he, that must have been that must have been unique. really cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah really it's different. Very, very, just very unique, different. It's It'll more crystallize of a too. It will. creamy kind of texture to it, which is entirely different than the summer honey or the fall honey. The fall honey tends to crystallize um, a lot more than the summer honey. I imagine the sugar content of them is a little yeah, bit different. Yeah, must be really building up. Yeah. Yeah. That would be my guess. So what do you guys, and now you guys are also big on what you infuse the main products with. So like, as in like, you're using a specific type of uh, distillate it, when you do you infuse that. I know you guys also offer some hash offerings, but I believe it's Delta 9, I want to say that you guys use. Am I wrong with saying that? Or You want to touch on the extraction? So yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. So um, a lot of the stuff we'll do multiple processes on, so it's not just a distillate. We try to take, strip every, every non-active component out of it. Um, a lot of our, like she was saying, a lot of our um, our patients are just getting into it, so they don't necessarily want to taste weed. Or with cheaper distillate, you get a you know, like a burnt or a fishy type smell. Um, so yeah, we go through and completely scrub everything um, so it's essentially a pure product, and then. Um, that ends up taking down your total yields quite a bit because you were trying to purify so. it. Where, yeah, where somebody who would just be processing for, uh, we'd for just be ripping it through and trying right. to get as much yield as possible. How, so much, we, how much lower does it end up taking it uh, percentage? If we take it, it all the way down, then it's probably a thirty or forty percent loss, depending on how large the batch is. So if the if it's a larger batch, it's obviously a little bit less of a percentage yeah. that you'll lose. Um, but yeah, it's how how much uh, like in a time frame does that uh, increase the uh, the. It takes a long time long because I do process for a lot of other caregivers, mm-hmm. so I kind of have to plan our work into that. So it's all it's it's less yield, longer time. Exactly. <laughs> so I guess a yep. lot of the consumers, too, someone like me, it like the common thing I ask, like, so what's a hundred milligrams distillate, hundred milligrams of, and what's the formal? Would it be called delta what, nine? What is, or is it? No, it is distillate. I mean, the final the final process is a distillation. But okay. There's a lot that goes yep. into before it to get other stuff out of it. So what's what's the difference between someone that's using like say someone not as much of a refined distillate, but it's still 100 milligrams? Like you know, what, what's that trade off? Like, is there does it hit the body differently? Is it more effective in the body? Um, so there's going to be more stuff in it. We take all the water solubles out of it. Um, so in a lot of the extraction processes, especially alcohol, um, it, it pulls over a lot of. A lot of undesirables that don't really do anything, but they'll hang around and you can't even necessarily see them in the distillate, but you can smell and taste them. Mm-hmm. Um, distillate kind of got a really bad rep when 
you know, the whole cart scare happened. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people out west, they were taking their stuff that didn't pass pesticide testing, um, ripping it through their, you know, their wiped film, putting it in honey jars and mailing it back east. And, <laughs> you know, all the... Yeah, it got a lot of shipping. Shad's brads and whatever, <laughs> putting them into carts with everything else and getting and everybody sick. Bases. So it got a really... <laughs> You know, kind of really. When that happened, really uh, wasn't the market? Um, it was. It almost uh, took it down. What two hundred percent or so? Did it oh, not easily? When that when that happened? Yep. Yeah, I would Am say I right like the live that? resin carts and the rosin carts are kind of bouncing back. Um, but yeah, we don't really do too much with distillate. It's interesting. I mean, what four years ago? That's pretty that's much. All anybody that's all anybody wanted was yep. a, was a distillate cart. Now it is. But everything's kind of evolved. You know, it everybody's has. kind of realized the value of the the whole plant. Um, so I think, you know, distillate has its time in its place. It's, it gets a lot of hate because it's done wrong a lot. Yeah, it feels like um, it. It so feels like yeah, people give it a bad name, things you're mentioning about why you take it further. Like the, um, the horrible flavorings, like exactly. all that stuff. Yeah, like, the, the, the cover fish taste. Like, the, oh, yeah, yeah it, people it, just buy cheap distillate and it's red. I mean, ours looks like it just you took it out of the bathroom faucet. You wouldn't know it was, it was distillate. Um, I've seen some of the pictures. But yeah. again, when trying to get the new consumers who have never had any cannabis before trying to get them introduced to it, it's an easier transition if it doesn't taste like weed. Oh, sure. Plus, yeah, 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 yeah. No, there's been a lot of bad interpretations of or in, misuses of. I think the brand in itself, too, it's like how you guys present it, the, the chocolate bars, everything about it, like, you know, like it's colorful, it's welcoming, it doesn't scream like you. And I think, honestly, a lot of, to give credit to a lot of main brands, I think a lot of them have done a really good job about, like, Doing their branding, you see, For like sure. yep. in comparison to some of the stuff that comes out of California, and maybe it could be more so based black market stuff. But even just the brands that are out there, some of them are just really scream that like classic cliche. Like it's in Maine, your yeah, Maine's so like, artesian, yeah. Maine's so like it's a cottage industry because Maine's so spread out; it isn't packed into one place where people are, you know, tripping over each other. I mean, other than Portland, <laughs> but you know, as, for the most <laughs> part, yeah. has it gotten that bad? Has it gotten bad that bad down in Portland? Think, well, well it's not bad Everybody kind of pieced out. Yeah, right. After the whole COVID thing, but yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I think you know, I think with Maine, I think there's so many people doing so many different cool crafts you know to kind of but that's because our current legislation at least still permits that it doesn't want to continue going in that direction obviously they want to continue tightening everything up so us as the everyday individual can't necessarily enter the market but the way how it's structured right now allows people like you and i to go ahead and kind of do our spin and our venture into it and exactly. see what we, we can yeah you know, we don't have investors we're not some big company we just kind of are you know trying to do what we want to do so it's it's nice to see that there is a low bar of entry and i think probably oklahoma maybe right now is the only other place that <laughs> that is a thing i mean you go to california and you've got to have x y and z you go down to mass you've got to have however much an escrow and this that it's like pennsylvania oh, yeah. too like basically yeah. just looked at masses mark and was like they did a good job fucking it up y'all want to fuck it up too like yeah, exactly it's like, it's like they all hire zero. the same consultants to feed them the same garbage information yeah. it's so like, it's like you just couldn't look at it and be like well maybe we'll go with the states that did it right you exactly know? so yeah we're pretty active in trying to keep that out of here and trying to keep it open for people you know like us because once that's gone you know it's going to lose a lot of its heart and soul mm -hmm. and you see it get corporatized and get kind of molested for lack of a better term and turned into something to you know what kind of steps what kind of steps as an industry do you think that we should be trying to perform in order to protect this little venture let us sink or swim, not because of the, the, the policy of the moment, but because either we, we did a good job with how we want to present our business or we didn't. You know, there are people at, it would, 
will get saturated with product. It's what's best that will stand exactly. out. So yeah. let it, that be the reason why somebody survives in business, yeah, and not because the of the policies that say, are going oh, to change. You can only have 20 stores here. It's like, yeah, open 50 of them, and when 20 of them don't sell anything, they just allow exactly 34 now, right? It only benefits every single part. I mean, like, obviously, it doesn't benefit the, the people that are trying to push boof and just, you know, increase their. Increase all their Might margins. Change their but, ways, though. Yeah, you know? exactly. But it really does benefit the consumer and the market in its, in its entirety. So I think it. Yeah, it, it push. It strives for innovation. You know, it makes people want to innovate. That's why everybody from Mass comes up here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, because so we I, don't have that overregulation to drive the little guys out of it that are actually caring about the process. The little guys, most of the time, are the ones so, making the advancements. Yeah, like you know, they're yeah, the ones absolutely. that have the, that are willing to take the risk because they don't have you know the investors breathing down their ma- back that'll for say that, why didn't you meet my money? Yeah, why didn't you meet this quota this year? Well, because we want to take a risk on this no risk only yeah. reward you know that's how it kind of works sometimes with corporate america so exactly and they're looking at margins they're not looking at developing nice products it's like they'll develop nice packaging so it catches an eye and then it's like putting lipstick on a pig right they'll yeah. get it and it's gross you know well and I mean? that's it it kind of follows through with what sadly is you know worldwide and mostly the like american way of selling stuff it's a lot of it is like just putting lipstick on a pig exactly. you know it's like so that it's a lot of America has lost its identity, though, in general, like it's been kind of whitewashed with a lot of corporate it's, world yeah, doings. Sad. And so when when you spot something that's different, you want to you want to try to preserve it. Totally might have okay. been talking about to the collab that you do with like uh, suds and buds and stuff. I know you guys yeah. do like the hash draws and gummies and stuff like that. And one thing that I thought was super cool about the chocolate bars is you guys do like the splatter stuff where you make the chocolate bars almost look like a little piece of art sometimes. Yes. All the chocolate bars are done um, that way. If you want. Yeah, yeah I was going to say you can definitely open yeah, that please. up. It's just, it's my way to have a little bit more fun with it. Honestly, I get bored doing the same thing over and over again. That's why especially now you're starting to see kind of more things come up. It's just... Is a child-proof one of those weird ones where it's You're like, playing... Oh. How does this one work? Do I just open it straight up? I think so. It should, yeah. It should. There, there we go. go. This is what... This is what happens... This is what happens in the physical where are the scissors? making packages. Where are the scissors? These things, I'll tell you. Wait, wait, wait until you try to get it back in there. That's the hard part. No, that's not happening. It's not going say, back in. That's the goal. Oh, yeah. No, so it's... This is like better than a fucking Wonka bar. Holy shit. Presentation too. Oh, it's about the details. Oh yeah. How no, much do you guys like end a, up having a um, conversation about this or yeah, is this no solely shit. your Secretly your, your undertaking with, with some of the, Isn't that the so designs? Cool? That's, it, yeah, that's, that's just fucking badass. amazing. Yeah, I know. That's just me. That's just fun. It is. You don't that's need to I mean. do that. You don't like, need to do that. Try it, obviously. What? It'd be cool if I try it. Oh, for it's, it's, no, it's, it's for us. I brought, I brought you guys all this stuff. It's time. for me, you, and the fly that's around you. <laughs> fruit fly. It's fruit fly season. Yeah. Yeah, no. Oh, wow. And that tastes like some really good chocolate. You know? See, and I think that's kind of, we're having, we do do full spectrum stuff, but when you do full spectrum stuff, you do taste a lot of the full spectrum. Mm-hmm. So having something like yeah. that, it really, we, we really try to focus a lot of the attention on the actual food. Um, that we're presenting. And the flavors exactly. that yes. people are experiencing. Yep. The mouthfeel, so. the you know, proper tempering of the chocolate. And 
Did, and there must have been some uh, trial and error, I assume, with all, with all of this. When There's you, always trial and error. <laughs> did you go into this as a baker prior to? Like, had you done any no. of this stuff? No, you, I had never touched chocolate ever in my life before any of this, aside from eating it, obviously, but never had made anything with chocolate. So it just kind of became an ancillary idea to do because a lot of people obviously eat chocolate and now it's kind of evolved just there was a lot of requests that was yeah there was was, i definitely um so wait a minute you weren't cooking like this before uh i've always enjoyed cooking Uh uh-huh like cooking as far as like meals not so much baking in the sense of like this no not at all but you enjoyed cooking right yeah Yeah. healthy stuff is generally what i used to cook all the time (laughs) very healthy stuff More so meal stuff. Now we're kind of getting into more of the the treats and the the specialty items. Right. Um, but that's been interesting. Do you guys um, like to use um, infusing some of the foods that you might cook for yourself at home? We've done well. We do certain things like with the honey, for instance. The honey to me is such a versatile food. Mm-hmm. item that you can easily add to anything else that you're making. You could add it to coffee if you drank coffee, you, which you don't. Tea. Right. right. You could add right. it to or tea. Or tea. Uh, tea is good in a tea. It's really good in a tea. But like, yeah. you'll do like a sautéed Brussels sprouts with some pine nuts and some minced garlic, minced garlic some balsamic, some balsamic vinegar. vinegar, and then drizzle some honey, infused honey, well, on top of that. I think I've seen that. You guys using the infused honey and stuff with the teas and stuff like that. Yep. So we'll add that definitely into various um, things, but definitely specifically Brussels sprouts seem or, uh, pumpkin seeds are <laughs> yeah, pumpkin seeds are another really good one. You just roast them in your medicated honey. And so you can oh, damn, you can yeah, take honey after good. and like so I can cook with it and it's not going to lose any of the medicinal value up into a certain How does that work? I've always wondered about that. It has to do with your temp- time and temperature. Time mm-hmm. and temperature is really what's going to cause any sort of um, degradation overall. Right. As far as the temperature goes, where you're going to experience. Well, it's, you know, it's. Like, when would you recommend to a consumer put it on after or put it on before? Um, to keep the temperature as low as possible. Obviously, you want to cook it, but um, I would say a shorter, you know, a shorter. So, if it's going to be in there for a little bit, put on, put the honey on after. Don't put it on before. Yeah, if, like if put a little bit on, you know, before, roast it for the flavor so yep. it has that crispy flavor. And then but then put of, some more on after to give it, yeah, after. give it that kick. No, that makes sense because I've always wondered about, like, with all the new stuff that's coming out, like oils. And things like that. I mean, even the olive oils, too. How does the cooking with an olive oil work? Because it's still, you must not, you know, you can't, like, season your pan with the olive oil and then expect all that THC to go through there. Because that's exactly. hot. Kind of yeah. Right you burnt that. I would use that probably more in, like, a dressing sort of right. situation. Mm-hmm. Or you could do it with a marinade if you're going to do something, like, in a crock pot because you're at a lower temperature. I mean, you're at it for a little longer period of time, but you're still at least keeping the temperature low to try and prevent any sort of cannabinoid um, conversion or, or volatilization yeah. from okay. it. As much as possible. Yeah, that's what I was going to think. Uh, that's what I was saying, because I always had wondered that. I was just always like, you know, I want to cook with it, but I feel like you're going to break it down when you cook with it. Yeah. Um, you are, and you'll probably get some cannabinoid some, um, conversion as well. So you could end up with a lot of THC to start, mm-hmm. and you could get some CBG or some CBN or something else out of it at the end of the day. So the chocolates have been a big staple. Also, you guys have kind of like reinvented the gummy into a squeezable, right? That's like, that's yes. becoming like the, the tastefully baked branded branded item. That was the original item. That is the first thing I had ever made for tastefully baked. And I've reformulated that at the beginning of this year to try and again incorporate more natural stuff as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that point, then... We got rid of corn syrup. Getting when, away from syrups and gelatins. The, there's are those are, there's are still those? gelatin in this one. There are some other things that I do that don't have gelatin in it. But gelatin, yep. I think 
gelatin also has a very negative connotation because it can be very gross. You mm-hmm. can also source some very high quality gelatin, which right. at that point, then there is some actual benefit. Yeah, I mean, there's collagen in it. And as it's we get supplement. older, exactly. I mean, collagen it's a supplement. supplement as well? Collagen is. Can, yeah. Oh, collagen. Yep. So gelatin, as I said, there's various grades of um, gelatin. So if you get a higher grade gelatin, you can make sure that they're, it's made from beef specifically only in the U.S. versus right. whatever might go on in other countries mm-hmm. that there's we don't really know. There's levels to gelatin, know. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> there's levels to everything. There really is. Oh, God. Well, that's, that's what's awesome. made you pretty um, selective about the ingredients that you want, though. Very right? much. Yeah, through yep. through. And the la- one other thing I had to touch upon was the ice cream. When did you guys really make the turn? And, like, because I've seen some other people do it, but, like, I, like I talked about, shout out to Ty Couture. He was the one that really kind of started bringing that, you yep. guys, your guys' brand, to the Auburn Lewis area. And that's the one thing I remember, you guys, the ice creams, you know? And it was really good quality ice cream Thank through and you. through. So that started because I love ice cream. Yeah. Um, I've Straight had ice cream. Yeah, I just, I love ice cream. Um, so again, just trying to figure out how to make ice cream the highest quality I possibly can. So as far as that, sourcing local dairy, local agriculture, that's kind of where I turn to for everything. Went out and sourced some of that and tried to figure out Well, first we saw what was in most ice cream. Oh, that was the other thing, too. I was trying to figure out how to make ice cream and how to make the highest quality ice cream and looking at various ingredients. So I'm looking at, you know, heavy cream from the grocery store, and I'm like, carrageenan and polysorbate 80. And everything. I don't really want to list that. All over. Everywhere. Everybody. So I'm like, I don't really want to list that as far as on ingredients of the products that we put out. So, okay, I'm going to go try and figure out where I'm going to get heavy cream without any polysorbate 80 and carrageenan. Right. Then you got to get a dairy license from the state. Yes. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. To be able to, just to be able to... To make ice cream. Oh, to just to make the ice cream. Oh, okay, because it's a dairy byproduct, essentially. Yeah, they come take bacteria samples and... And it's also specific because the dairy that we use is non-pasteurized dairy, so that adds like a whole other extra level to everything. Because the shelf of the dairy before it's frozen is, is a lot... Smaller than it is. It's only about like generally about a week. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are there are there different groups of um, dairy makers that are doing similar in the main industry as well? Like, were there people that you could consult or, or work with or speak with to to kind of get in involved in that? I mean, I think I know of. There's this one creamery down in Biddeford. I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but I know that they use all local dairy. I'm not sure necessarily that they use un pasteurized right. dairy but i know that they use local dairy um but as far as consulting with anyone for any of it no i just kind of reach out to various um oh so you're able to you're going to be able to you're doing it yourself yep yeah so you make the shirt you're making the ice cream just like you're making everything else oh, yeah. and you're just yep. obtaining the just obtaining the ingredients like everything else yeah we get we go to misty brook farm up in albion and Certified organic mafka. Um, do they also uh, do they retail their dairy like to other, like Smiling Hill Farms does? Like you know, I, I, know uh, I think um, they're a smaller I, operation. They're a smaller operation. I know that they come down and they deliver to a few people mm-hmm. that put in orders for their stuff. But again, going back to the issues when you're trying to source locally as much as possible, like I told you about the honey was a low supply. So cows, when it gets really hot in the summertime, they don't like to produce a lot of milk. Right. And obviously the summertime is... When you want the, the most prime. milk. Exactly. <laughs> so does everybody else. And so does everybody else. So well, certain, shit. Yeah. Yeah. And it only lasts So you had to days, invest so. in it, in a sense. Or, or no, do you... 
you have you to work with them. You, you just gotta, have to work with them. You have to understand that it's not always going to be there. If you want your six quarts of cream and your gallon of milk right now this week, well, I'm sorry, you're going to have to wait another three weeks because the cows haven't right. produced. Do you ever thought of like not using cow milk? Is there the pot- potential because like goat milk? Is that like a desirable thing? Like, have you ever thought of moving into like more like niche types of like? We've gotten a lot of requests for vegan um, edibles. So for that, eventually, like I do a, a pad de fouille, probably a different flavor every month or so. Kind of depends on whenever I have time to throw it in the rotation. And that's specifically. Also, by calling it a monthly special, you're hoping nobody's really paying attention to what that month's monthly month, that month's monthly special was. Is that what you're telling me? For, pretty much. <laughs> I was like amped. I was looking through and I'm like, oh, that one looks great. That one looks great. Wait a minute. Now it makes me think that I see the same one two months in a row. No, no, you never will. You're always asserting your your recipes, aren't you? You'll probably never see. I'll be surprised if you ever see the same. The monthly special started just because I wanted. I need to do something different. I need to. I need to just mentally. I need to break from the production end and want to make something different. Plus, it allows me to explore with various things or whatever flavors I have off the top of my head that I want to figure out how to create something with, and allows me to just go with it. Yeah, super creative. Like, uh, just it's like a. Baking and like cooking is definitely an art form, just like, you know, like extractions, like everything to an extent. But like a lot of things in the cannabis industry, I think that's why it's there's a big crossover between this and the arts is very creative. You know, it's it takes- basically the, the art is is blending a bunch of scientific processes together because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, chocolate's art and at the end of the day, extractions art. But it's more so knowing what order to do the processes in that yeah. makes it an art mm-hmm. so it, a lot of people will say oh extraction is not an art you're just doing this through this or stirring water there's so many nuances everyone's extraction is honestly going to come out entirely different right world of chocolate is a, it's a science it's a science in and of itself it is science that's <laughs> so is there layers in that nope there's actually only so that is has to do with more so your flavor perception mm-hmm. so like when you originally you should definitely talk about this because this is interesting yeah when you eat still recording actually that's a good point oh perfect <laughs> so when you're eating a bonbon or eating chocolate in general like the first thing that you tasted in your mouth was the um the cap of the bonbon. So you're getting whatever flavor of chocolate that is at that point in time. Then you get a little bit of the shell that comes in next. And then it's generally um, whatever the filling is inside, but it depends on how, what there is in there as far as ingredients overall. So you're gonna get like this initial either like sweet or salty or something like that. And then it's gonna start to move more towards the back of your mouth and either like up into your olfactory sensors or kind of down your throat. It really depends. Generally, you're gonna get the aromatics once it hits more in the back of your mouth. And then also there's like an aftertaste, whether people use- Lingering aftertaste. Yes. Mm -hmm. And there I used, a vanilla extract so you kind of get that more so towards the end or the liquor if there's some sort of liquor in there yeah, it was like it, and it honestly it was a really good feeling too like or was like yeah w- uh, notice how it feels in your mouth and that was one thing i noticed that's consistent through like a lot of the stuff 
is it has a really high quality chocolate feel you know like no, it doesn't taste like a gimmick and that has been something that is definitely tough right now in the edible industry there's a lot of people it's just easy to be a gimmick there's know? so many levels as we've said there's so many mm-hmm. levels to everything i must had you guys on the post oh nice thank you there's so many levels um to chocolate in general i mean the more and more i learn about it the more i'm perplexed and amazed and fascinated at the same mm-hmm. time i mean really people don't understand necessarily even where chocolate comes from. Like it it comes from a a cacao bean, which is generally grown in a more tropical climate. A lot of it comes from uh, South America, but okay. So you have these trees that then need to grow for like 20 years to produce their fruit. And then their fruit, which is the bean needs to be then processed and put through an entire process in order to become what people know as chocolate. Chocolate. Mm -hmm. And then from there, obviously then it's infused into weed as far as for us and so that it just and the weed as it is that has to start out as a plant before it's actually extracted and then used in whatever you're going to decide to put it in at that point in time so it's just it's a really long process who did you you said that you ended up working with a chocolatier do you mind mentioning who it was or some things that they you know some really cool things that you learned about it that you had no idea about i mean there's I know mean, there's probably so much, but you guys talk about, I hear a lot tempering. That's something that you guys say a lot. And is that like, is that what allows a chocolate bar to basically stay out on the table and not melt or get too that's sticky? What, yeah, that's what ends up stabilizing it. So every, just like with mostly a lot of other things, there's crystals in chocolate. So when you're tempering chocolate, you end up essentially melting it all down. So it's all like a beta six crystal. And then you end up adding in more regular tempered chocolate into it, which then brings all the beta six crystals back down to a beta five crystal, but it has to go through um, a cooling process. And at that point, then it gets all of the crystals, the exact same um, formation, and they end up like binding together, I guess would be the best way to put it. So they have a nice sheen and you get that snap effect on the chocolate. Horrible time to jump into this, Carrie. <laughs> Why did you She's eat like, the other half the of the chocolate bar? The B6 crystal with the B. <laughs> and Carrie's like, wait, what? Well, <laughs> coming in when I did, though, let me kind of listen to how, how you were talking about it. You talked about it very, very technical, very scientific in your approach. But also, like, very you, easy to understand. You gravitate which towards I think is that. something you, you guys, guys share both that, have in don't common. you? Yeah, you guys are definitely. You guys both. share that trait, don't you? We're very much, like, very similar. I was uh, I was thinking about that. I was thinking I'm about not. that out there. <laughs> but not. We're but very not. similar, but not. Well, like, like it feels like what you intermingle enough, but you can also run like you're doing what you're doing and you're doing what you're doing. Exactly. But you have enough crossover and enough time to talk with one another as well. Oh, very. I mean, yeah. we cross paths constantly throughout the day. We're. Just in separate parts of the building, really. For the yeah, heaven, heaven. Oh, you're located right there. I'm literally yeah. down the hall. Oh, so, oh, so nice man, you ever wish he was someplace else? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's kind of, I mean, I don't know too many other couples who can literally be with each other 24-7, 365 for I don't even know how many years at this point. It's, right, but we can't not. So. No, we can't not. Are you having too much fun? Uh, yeah, it, I, yeah. I think yeah. that's it. Yeah. You are? Yep. We wanted to touch upon some extractions and some of the stuff that you know Corey. i think that's correct me if i'm wrong that's your specialty that's what you guys that's what you do in the in the business is yep. is specializing the extractions uh 
I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about how you got into it or in, as far as in the main scene or some of your upbringings and that. Or Maybe if you the worked attraction with anyone, to it. Or, yeah, if, if you worked underneath anyone or with anyone or, or your attraction to it. Yeah, so I started way back with the pair of bubble bags or a set of bubble bags, um, a little five-gallon setup in the garage, just trying to figure out what to do with, you know, little pheno hunts that went wrong or, mm -hmm. um, you know, trim and stuff like that. So... It's always Nobody out really of necessity that, that you start, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. It's so always it's like, what do I do? You either throw it in the trash. I gotta figure or, this well, out. Well, no, yeah. I would generally go into the uh, wood stove. That's yeah. where everything <laughs> would go. All the starts. <laughs> Be done with it. Wouldn't yeah. bother. Yep. But but you were different. You went for it. You said, yep. "I'm gonna do this." I went for it, and then um, yeah. Then did anybody teach you? Like Evan else, or anybody uh, kind of give you a little bit of bubble, advice or bubble man or the uh, from YouTube probably. I assume a couple so, of those videos came into play. Yeah, no, you. I mean, YouTube you've done a lot of different extraction methods. That's the thing. We haven't. Yeah, we've done ethanol. We've um, done, I learned a lot from Busy B. He, we, we've done CO2. One of his systems. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've done CO2 with an Apex. So we, you know, learned a lot. You do know, both of you? Do you, Do you work in the lab as well? She really no. can't too much. She's got no. the whole allergy thing. So when it's chopped up and floating around. Oh, at that point, right, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. So what do you guys? So do you still do solventless? Um, I don't. I let the. I let Randy do that. That's what I was going to say. So, and then, but you specialize in uh, what it would be hydrocarbon? Uh, I do hydrocarbon, yep. And what, what are you doing for, what are you using for a hydrocarbon right now? Uh, so we're using a distilled uh, butane propane mixture. Nice. And so is that something, do, you, do a lot of people have, have you dialed in a proprietary mix? Or is that, does, do people do that? Is that something? Um, you can. Um, we work with uh, Canagas and they're awesome. They'll mix anything you want and any right. ratio you want. Um, have you yeah, played well, with ratios a little? I have, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll use um, I'll use a like a straight butane for running crude if I'm doing you know distillation so I can get as much as much cannabinoids as possible. Uh, when you start getting into the propane and stuff like that, that starts grabbing a lot of the lighter stuff. A lot of the it's a lot more you know terpene. Is that why rich. like your pHO you normally see like it's like a yellow patty a lot of times? Exactly. Like, so that, yeah, and that that's a lot. Um, so extraction is basically time, temperature, um, and then you know volume of solvent, and then. Um, you know, if you're de-waxing after, or you're not de-waxing after, um, and then what type of filtration you're doing, um, whether you're just running through a few papers and you want to keep everything as close to what it's coming off the plane as possible, or, you know, if you're trying to trying to clean something up that's either old or um, yeah. You know, but you feel uh, you uh, were mentioning a little while ago that you've um, you run for yourself, but you there, you have a lot of clientele as well, and it's uh, I have so a the, you have yeah, a, I a limited keep it pretty exclusive, but, so I can um, you know I do it all myself, so it's me it's me doing it. Yep. So I try to keep it so, you know, everything's within a couple of weeks. I try not to keep the wait times going too long. Um, you know, cross-contamination is a big thing, so I kind of like to know the growers that we're extracting for. You know, I, I know and trust how they grow, and I've worked with them, you know, for a good amount of time. So we're pretty picky with if we do take on, you know, new people. We kind of... Yeah, you have to look at... Um, There's a lot of liability in that. You know, anything that they do, you know, can affect my other clients. So it's really, you know, taking the time to break the machine down and clean it properly... Um, you know, a lot so of you almost don't want to hold for for different reasons. You probably don't want to hold too much product at any one time, and then you want to make sure that you've uh, you know how clean it is, exactly. or to yeah, what yeah. degree how clean. Exactly. It is. You know, when when you're talking with pesticides and stuff like that, you know, the extraction process extracts those <laughs> as well. So you could be talking about a little bit of pesticides in the material, um, and that little bit of pesticides could be enough pesticides to kill somebody in the extract. Um, right. you know, or cause some serious health problems. So that's it's something. It's a final I mean, form. It's yeah, like, and, yeah it's and if somebody has an issue and, and they do have to spray, you know, it's it's not a big deal. It's, I just have to know it. I can't be, you know, 
taking that risk and if you do know it can you alter the mixtures does that help or, well, or would you, that do want to take create something different remediation or, process at okay that point. prior to it. starting any of the process well i would extract it and then i would do the pesticide remediation mediation on that extract itself and are, and are, there amount, to are there people that are honest about that and like listen could can you do that i've sprayed some stuff oh yeah on absolutely there. of course yeah i think now the conversation i mean now that people understand i mean we're in maine shit happens yeah right so i mean you know some some people you know especially with that with the outdoor stuff um if something you know doesn't go their way some people just do and then they're like well, what do i do with all this stuff i spend my whole season on it yeah um then there are methods where you can get everything out and send that to the lab. And it so it's been busy clean. is what you're saying. Um, yeah, well, I, I don't really deal with too much of that stuff now. Back when we were doing the ethanol extraction. At one time. Um, at well, one time. When distillate was a big thing, people yeah. were messing up left and right and trying to send it to distillate. Um, so now it's more so people growing for extracts. It's kind of kind of changed now. It's not really a cleanup business anymore. It's people taking really good care of their material right. and they really want to produce really nice products that have a lot of terpene value to him so there's really b before it was kind of like there's this trim not a lot of people did anything with it so um you know it was kind of for a while extraction wasn't really a huge thing especially in maine there was there wasn't loss for a while so you know we operated in the gray area before the legislation was there to do it. there was nothing saying that we couldn't do it there was just nothing but they viewed it at no that structure. point as a more of a collective activity so yeah, you're familiar with the gray yeah area. it did yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah. I, I, one thing I wanted to ask you, though, too, is it seems like the biggest topic is, like, consistencies of extracts. Like, you know, and, and it's, what is, the, like, the whip that we see? Is it just, is batter just shatter? Like, you know, there's, like, so many questions surrounding it. I don't know if you want to touch upon some of your opinions when it comes to the Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a huge of fan of, of running everything really cold and de-waxing everything very thoroughly. Um, it's when you start putting waxes in your extracts and inhaling them. I mean, it really all depends on what your final outcome is going to be. If you're if you're going to make distillate, you're going to make food with it. Then the the goal is to get as many cannabinoids yeah, as right. possible. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to make something like this, that you really you want a lot of THCA and terps, and it's really fresh material. Um, so yeah, that's beautiful. You know, that's more super more colored, that, saucy. Yeah, and people yeah. are taking really good care. They're they're really sorting their trim properly. They're you know they're, they're not putting fan leaves in there. They're not putting anything junky in there so you do a minimal amount of filtration on it and you know that really really keeps the the true essence of the plant you know in the extract um and you know and in, in, in the hydrocarbons the reason we went with them is they're really the most selective solvent that there is um and they're used safely in you know industries all across all across the board um so you know with the right procedures in place um you can make some of the most terpene rich potent extracts you know imaginable um, and you know, when you get into, that's what you're looking to do. Yeah. I mean, that's what you want. We, we, just uh, want the, we, we just want the active compounds, you know, especially as far as the extracts go. Um, especially if you think of lighting it on fire. Yeah. You're different you things be, happen when it, you know, chemistry wise, when yeah. things are, you know, are burnt. combusted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and we don't necessarily know anything about it at this point. It hasn't been studied. It hasn't been allowed to be studied. So we're kind of like, I don't know. I think a lot of, if it's not active, why put it in your lungs? So I think, you know, the shatter and stuff, I think that's why you don't really see too much of that around anymore. Um, you know, that's with the flower rosin. I think that's why you've seen them go to, you know, more of a hash rosin because it's kind of... I've always purifying. known, like, um, in this area, or at least a, a practice at one time, uh, yeah, shatter could could be made, could be enhanced to the point uh, just using trim or, or leftover 
Well, the thing with shatter is still, the, re- the reason it's nice shatter is because it's trim. It's, it's, there's waxes in it. It's what makes it break. When you de-wax, this is you know really thoroughly de-waxed. Right. So it's basically THCA and terpenes. And runny. It's like and that. Just so people yeah, like can't see it, obviously. like What he's talking about is like a runny product is something that's been de-waxed. Like and there's the little shadows. micro crystals in it. That's kind of the thing right now. It's more like an applesauce to a baby food texture, I right. think, is kind mm-hmm. of the hot thing right now. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's in trend. Diamonds are interesting because a lot of times when you see the really big diamonds, they're broken down in a more dangerous solvent like a pentane or a yeah, he- right. hexane or something like that and they're re-rocked into a bigger a bigger rock so we're we only strictly do single solvent um crystallizations um for so the, it's gonna so it's still gonna create a good size diamond into a to a degree but it's just not gonna be that, right it's yeah. not gonna be overdone it's not gonna exactly. be a Possibly. I remember when the rocks used to like one sixty five a gram. I remember when I first got into the medical yeah. market, they're like one hundred and sixty five dollars. Look where it's well, coming now. It's like, that's kind of what like Future Forty Two Hundred kind of blew that out of the water with the whole consulting wave. And you know, everybody was they had these little methods and they were kind of hoarding them and selling them off for ten, twenty thousand dollars to these growers that they knew they had money. Making and then people. He was like, let's right. open source this shit and get everything together and just open a open source database so then all of a sudden all these consultants were out of work because all the stuff that they were selling you know wasn't proprietary anymore anybody could go online and find it um so i think that's kind of changed the game a lot too that's why i think why you're seeing such a fast progression and quality of extracts is before i mean if shatter was it you know there wasn't really that any, was there yeah, wasn't that levels was just about it. now it's yeah. like how pure can you get it what you know and you still have the entourage effect so i feel like you know between that and hash rosin there's really, you know, flower that and hash rosin. There's not really anything, there's not really any place for any really waxy extracts at this point in time where there's so many methods. What do you think of dab tabs? Have you heard of them? Mm, no. no. It's like a little quartz sponge. It's like shaped in like a hexagon, I want to say. And like you, they, you somehow, it's proprietary, you know, it's one of those proprietary things that sell from someone out west. Uh, Blue Sky Labs, I know, is utilizing it. Interesting. And it's like a little quartz sponge, and it soaks it up, and it's proper dosing. So instead of getting, like, a gram, you get, like, five dab tabs that would have, like, 0.2 okay. in each. And after you could just... And it's, like, you know, it's supposed to be less mess, all that stuff, and it properly dosed. I don't know. It's kind of a cool little, like, uh... Have you experimented with it? I haven't. I no. haven't. I, the results, like, people seem to like them. You, you know, they move around like a dab in there. It's... Hmm easier to clean the concept's just really cool about it being like a quartz sponge you yeah. know in that sense and you think about it, it's, it's like interesting i don't know how it's dosed i imagine the machine has to be a little bit yeah probably and probably pricey it's, it's, it's i would cool. assume but check that out. yeah no definitely can see that becoming more of a more of a thing too mm. what are you looking forward to in the extraction world like what is your next step that you see coming is it expanding into another type of uh, a hydrocarbon or um I think more so focusing on, you know, the edible end of it. I think that's kind of where where our future lies is kind of having control of the whole extraction process really gives us a freedom to really dial in specific things on, An experiment you know, the, on, the, on the edible end. Yeah, I mean, the, inhalation is, is has its place. You know, this, it's always going to be a huge thing. Um, I just see a real big need for, you know, different types of, uh, you know, extracts for different types of you know, edibles. Edibles. Like that, yeah. Yeah, like, for instance, for our um, pumpkin chai caramels that we did, I think, the other month, we got some moose and lobster from Maine. Oh, it was strain-specific. Yes. Yeah, I remember yes. uh, seeing cool that. Yeah. Something like that. Well, yeah. there's been a debate. I don't know if you want to get into that. Oh, yes. That's yeah, there has topic. been a debate. There's been a huge debate. There's been the longest debate in the world that I can, well, not the world. About but being strain-specific? Whether 
there's a difference if you have an edible with just distillate in it or if you have either a broad spectrum or a full spectrum, depending upon people's various... You might want to define those terms. I know, I was going to say, are... depending on people's various <laughs> definitions. I wrote a damn um, article about broad and full, and I don't even fucking remember now, so... No, that was, I, I'm glad you did that, because people are so get so confused. So easily, there's so much was Evan close with that article? No, did was. you use any sources on that? Or yeah, did you yeah, free will I, 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 I definitely had a look full spectrum was essentially with the terpenes in the full spectrum of the plant, and then... The broad spectrum broad would be stripped the away. cannabinoid spectrum would just be the like no, cannabinoid with no yeah. spectrum being terpenes. broad. You're right. right. And then the, the isolates and the distillates are just strictly cannabinoids. Mm -hmm. Or single cannabinoids or multiple cannabinoids together in one. You you yeah. use full spectrum in... And those we are used. full spectrum. These are, yeah, that is full spectrum. That is full spectrum. Really Pumpkin chai. Wow. Really good. Plays off with the flavor of the extract really well. So that's how I personally. Honestly, I don't like the taste of weed. This is your uh, I don't either. I like the taste of that too. But it's that not. makes it pleasant. It's mm -hmm. enjoyable. It's not in your face. It's not like eating a bunch, of, yeah. a bunch of moldy tasting weed butter. Because that's what we used to use back in the day. It was. And so that was my perception of most. It was always a secondary. Um, it was the toss off. It wasn't the thought of like, uh, boy, what so if what we, we decided that we could. <laughs> Do something like this for edible meat. Make it, yeah. It was always it's just always make, that. Eh, I, it, well, was, it was a progression of. If you think like chronologically speaking, it started out with like, okay, edibles were like, oh, could we get edibles? You know, like, could yeah. you get edibles? And no one knew what the fuck was in them. And there's like, no. yeah, take them, wait an hour, and like, hope to God. Sometimes they didn't work, and then sometimes and sometimes it was like, you're floored. Yeah. Yep. And then it was like, all right, now they're dosed. Finally, they're dosed, and everyone like started to break away from the cliche stuff. And now I think we're finally starting to get. People that are getting up to what your guys' standards are, not not really getting up to, but starting to focus more on, okay, let's make it taste good now. You know, it's, well, And I feel like you can use a full spectrum extract in an edible and still not have the cannabis be the prominent or dominant flavor. Like mm. you can you can find definitely other other things that are gonna pair well with it, that are gonna accent it, yeah, you can that play are gonna complement it. Yeah, you can it. play off that can of butter flavor yeah. if that's what you want to do, but if you're yeah, you're like gonna GMO. have a hard time hiding it. Like, you know? Really. Plus yeah. it's hard have to a hard cook time in ratios hiding. with butter. I mean with the stuff we make, it's like most of the stuff we make doesn't use butter. So it's we, no. we infuse with just strictly extracts. Yeah, we get a lot of people that ask us if we use various carrier agents. As but far our as chocolate has no carrier agents at all, which no. is why it doesn't separate in the bag like some of the stuff. Is, that, is the carrier, is that what, like, is that lectin? Is that what you use? Uh, it could be anything. Is it, but is that it what you like mean? Coconut oil like a, some people ask us if we, like, use coconut oil or MCT oil as the, you know, the binder or carrier Can you repeat agent. that again? Then how, so what are you using instead as an alternative or nothing? nothing I don't, yeah. It's, I, is it because it of the ingredients or, or the starting process of the extract? It has a lot to do with either temperature, the actual, I mean, I think about what type of food I am going to be infusing and kind of what is the best way in order for me to get the extract into the food item without... Evenly. Yes, evenly, but without altering any of the other ingredients that are mm -hmm. also in there. So depending upon what it is or the method of creating that specific edible, I'll try and figure out which is the best way to, to implement it. Yeah, because you have to get it into, yeah, you have to introduce it as part of a re part of the recipe. Right, and you have to figure out and where you're gonna going go to towards? do it. Like, you're not going to want to do it. What's it going to bond to? Like, well, like, so explain the bond bond, like when you infuse well, that. Well, like even with the gummies, for instance, I'm not going to add the oil in before everything's all the way up to temperature so sweet Then I just had a bunch of oil that cooked for the past 30 minutes. Like, I don't, I don't need to do that. 
Right. So why not wait at least until the end, at the very last minute, for you to introduce it because so it's exposed to the least amount? Right. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Because then at the end of it all, because basically she takes her math calculations, does the recipe, and then it goes back to the lab, and they verify they verify that her math was correct and that it's homogenous. Um, so that has to be spot on. So, oh, okay, yeah. that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, one question I started laughing was like, because I don't know if you're going to answer it or not, but any flops, like any recipes you're like, oh, this oh. is going to be awesome. Like anyone's notable that you're like, oh, I really thought this was going to be a hit, tried it with cannabis, and I was like, eh, maybe not. I'm trying to think. I mean, I mess up stuff all the time. I mess up stuff sure. all, all day today. At least that's what it felt like. <laughs> what <laughs> any it was just and days. that's when it gets colored. All right, well, I got this handled. The interesting thing, though, is some of the mess ups have turned into some of the craft Best. favorites. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, for I mean, for I feel instance, like mess ups are a huge. Like of actually, a couple months ago, I did a passion fruit bonbon with a. Um, so it was like a passion fruit type of jelly texture and also with a ganache underneath it. Mm -hmm. But the reason why that turned into a bon one was because I completely messed up with a passion fruit jelly. And it was dosed and it tasted incredible. It tasted like, you know, tasted very good. Just didn't have the texture that I was looking for because I was trying to, with that, the pectin wasn't enough and neither was a couple other things that I was adding in. So I didn't get that really solid texture that I was looking for. Right. And luckily our employees a genius and it's like you can't throw that away you need to do something else with it it tastes way too nice. good so i'm like at what at what point in the process it, it, that would have been after is there a, a, a short cook-off period of time in in i'm not sure on how it's prepared cook-off like time go, as cooking. far as uh for for the ganache like when or is it ganache there's really no cooking as far at as all. in that no okay Nope, no I'm cooking at all. Foodie. I'm not what, as foodie as I'd like to be. I fucking eat at Max Grill all the time. I mean, shout out to Max Grill. I love them. But God so damn. how's it relate to mashed potatoes? <laughs> I guess one thing, I, another thing to that I, I wish I could infuse mashed potatoes because that's been my biggest oh, really? dilemma. Yeah, no, that, really what I was going at. Do you see, I like this brand and everything you're at totally seems like one day I could see like a restaurant being called like tastefully baked. Like, you know, there's small like cannabis infused plates. I've read about some places out in Oregon mm. where and it's just like you guys are almost already doing except you know like plated desserts plated and you have the option to you know infuse them or not you know I think that would be a, a viable option in the future is that something that ever would seem attractive can he talk you that? into that oh it's definitely <laughs> yeah, something let's do it here let's more wisdom already planned yeah when are we starting I mean it's definitely something that's Evan crossed our mind at some point yeah I mean as the laws, as the laws mature did. I think it's definitely I think a lot of people would like Yeah, that. they're not at that point yet. No, no, we're no. even close. And at that point, if you were to do like a meal, then you'd have to obviously have a bunch of microdosing type of effect. Otherwise, oh, you're going to yeah. have people everyone too. sleeping Wait, in your you restaurant. Said, <laughs> you said, yeah, right. That's true, too. There'd have to be this balance with uh, the amount of CBD that's also presented. In, in, or, that's another or way or you can play CBD dessert that it. would kind of cancel it out. Yeah. Have done. you done... Um, I'm, I apologize for being ignorant. Have you... Worked with CBD product to like in any one. form. Did they just eat one? Us? I, I, I had a one to one the bonbon. I was a one to one bonbon. A one to one bonbon. Generally, every now and again, I'll throw in kind of like a one to one thing. As far as CBD only, no, 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 no. 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 Um, we've also done we've done another service work job because occasionally, every now and again, I'll make some edibles for some other people. But I had one particular client that wanted a really high dose. Um, I forget if I did a three to one. I can't even remember. Which ones are talking? The matcha bars. Oh. CBD heavy. So. Yep, we yeah. did more of the CBD heavy and a little bit light on the THC, and that's because she wanted people more so to experience what it is like to have a high-dose CBD. And according to her and from other people, 
some people get a semi psychedelic experience from oh, no having. Way. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Cool. It's been interesting as far as the feedback that I've gotten. Plus that had caffeine people. in it, so I don't know if that kind of like. That's true. It was just like everything going on there. They're like yeah. sleeping, but then getting waking back <laughs> up. They're like, my body was just jolting. That's because yeah. your body didn't know what the fuck to do at that point. So I mean, we're so we haven't oh, really. Oh, it's that kind of CBD. Yeah. We gotcha. haven't really explored much, really, with ratio, like as far as an overall community cannabis community where yeah. there's so much we don't know and so much that we haven't really even delved into or begun even to to fathom at this point i think there's so much more that can be is there discovered research and coming? played with is there research coming are you guys do you guys look for for like uh stuff like that is that part of um the information you hope to obtain is there like a hear? cannabis peer-reviewed journal obviously probably not like where do you like you extractors turn to to get your information from like where there has to be uh, something we'll see that... a lot of the stuff i do has to do with hazardous materials so a lot of it's like sops that have to be done in an exact way right um and then a lot of it's basically just trying to fine-tune it to what people are looking for mm-hmm. um, and the sops normally come from the company that you buy the equipment from is that the exact they have to so they have to be stamped by an engineer and then we have to submit those to the town to the fire uh, you know to the fire chief right um and then we're supposed to submit them to the omp but i don't know where they are no kaboom when no doing kaboom. a lab you're kind of creating the lab uh you you obtain the the equipment that you're looking to use the most right so yeah, the, or the labs, does it just get pieced together? The How, lab, how's that work? You basically build your lab around your process, but the lab you have to, the stars have to align to put a lab in these days. It's not it's not something that you can just kind of hey I want to put a lab in and put a lab in. There's the amount of um, regulatory BS, oversight, red tape, and hoops you got to deal with, and you know the even the industrial part can have certain limitations, and you know their loan that they have that's tied to a federal grant won't allow anything cannabis to be done. So, you know, the planning board, the OMP law, you know, every, everything has to align between so know, many the different factors, the, you know, the owner of the property, the insurer of the property, the zoning, the, you know, everything. Plus then, you know, you start talking about all the equipment and stuff. And um, a lot of times just don't want to deal with it. So they won't, they'll just say they'll avoid you or they won't do it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, we were, you know, one of the first ones going into Portland. So we were kind of, us and two of our friends were kind of their guinea pigs. Yep. Um, on? Building the on, lab. Building they didn't lab. know what they were looking at. They kept calling their buddies in Denver and saying, uh, what do we do about this? <laughs> Was it, is it Team Green that you're talking about? Are you guys, uh, yeah, they, they were, they were on doing them. it yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. We had those guys on. They're Team really Green cool and people. Coast to Coast, all three of us were kind of the first, you know, the first three to... Have to go to the city. To go, yeah. Um, and the city was just sort of like, sure. And then once they realized <laughs> what was happening, they're like, uh-uh. So they put a moratorium up. And you're like, oh, damn it. You're like, almost so, squeaked in Because there. they don't understand. Um, uh, well, they, they wanted to get a handle. They wanted to get out in front of the zoning. They didn't all of a sudden want. They wanted to of, understand it before they permitted a bunch of people to go to do just it. go for it. Yeah. Um, but it ends up costing so much money to get going that I don't think a lot of there was that much, as much interest as they thought there was going to be. Um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of surprised. It's to wild, be honest yeah. with you. I mean, I thought there would be more extraction labs uh, wanting to. I think a lot of the you'll see a lot of the vertically integrated people do it, but I mean, you're talking over half a million dollars just in infrastructure to run the machine, mm-hmm. um, not including you know any, anything inside of you know, any right. of the equipment. So it's quite a. Oh quite no, a it's a yeah, it's a big, especially yeah. if you're going to do it yourself on your own. Exactly. So, yep. no banks will deal with you. No. Ever, you've you've been vocal as uh, supporters of local and main main cannabis and, and the push for it, 
And I think um, we touched on it a little bit. You'd like to have that one-on-one, maybe stay in our, staying in medical or... Oh, we really, we really enjoy medical. Um, I love the freedom that medical gives as far as... It does as... feel that way. Yeah, uh, It's just yeah. more it of a does. libertarian program than you got this crazy overregulated wannabe alcohol. I don't know. It's almost like you're, you're yeah. like selling nuclear waste or something that's going to like... <laughs> I don't know. They just, they've just got this, this idea that the more that they regulate it, the more money they're going to make. But I really think they're pushing everybody the other way. Well, that, and I mean, especially with edibles in an adult use market, you're limited to 10 milligrams, 100 milligram packages like that. Just really restrictive. It's extremely restrictive. And it, yep. it, why you're not limiting bottles of tequila at the store. You can go buy a bottle of whiskey and drink the whole thing and go pass out in the street. But you can't have 20 mil or, you know, 120 milligrams of edibles. In the same and for some people right. that I mean, that's what they need. You're you're dictating. I mean, I guess that, that that's why they're def- like 500. You know, it's, yeah. like, it's crazy. Exactly. And some yeah. people. Three milligrams will throw them over the edge. Everyone has a completely different endocannabinoid yeah. system, and yep. it all works very differently. But I enjoy the medical market a lot more just because we, of the freedom that it allows. We talked uh, last episode when we had, um, I, I want to say, Stoners of Maine uh, came on, and we were talking about edibles uh, quite a bit. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it was uh, Sarah with uh, Farley Cannabis Company. Yeah. Uh, Farley's. And uh, we we spent a good 10, 15 minutes talking about edibles. And I mean, she's cultivating, but the, but one of the major, and so her interest in edibles isn't as high because it's just not where her focus needs to be. She's on, you know, in the garden. Right. Um, that's what she it's in the store. But edibles was the biggest in store conversation we would have with people on the greatest unknowns. Mm-hmm. Like it, I'm sure you go through it all the time. It's, I mean, it's so individual, dependent upon, as I said, people's endocannabinoid system, what you ate last, when you ate last. Um, even if the edible is like more of a, like a high sugar edible versus something that's a higher fat, you have to think about your digestive system and Which how you've got it's. got in there already. Well, that, and but just how long it takes for your digestive system to break down that particular type of edible. You as an individual, are you someone who processes food quickly or are you someone who processes food slowly? Mm-hmm. So for me, for instance, if I have a 50 milligram ice cream per se at eight o'clock at night, when I wake up at four o'clock in the morning, I'm still, I'm going to have a weed hangover. Oh, you will. Oh, I yeah. will hands down have a weed hangover where for some other people, they won't. It'll completely... They... Wait, did you say 15? No, I said 15. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. I could do that. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a real thing. A weed hangover is a real thing. Oh, it is. Yeah. It's an entirely real thing. We've all felt that. Thing. We've had that knockout punch. And... Scepters are saturated. <clears throat> so that's not an easy... It wasn't an easy topic and explaining it and trying to bring it in it's sort of like um with flower people would ask is that an indica or a sativa now you're looking for certain traits out of uh you've gone that strain specific i don't think we got to touch on that is that where kind of that debate comes in a little bit more um it comes in more so yeah as the overall effect of the edible we've had the longest debate is there a difference where you with a distillate edible as far as the effects versus an actual full spectrum edible and for because you have to think as overall 
Are you watching me do this? <laughs> I was trying to make it like, I no, was trying to make it like low key. I guess not. <laughs> well, we all looked over. We I probably, know. I was like, and then I heard it. I was like, fucking ASMR over here. I know. Fuck. Because then again, it all boils. All stealth-like. Go ahead. Just trying to get it out. It's okay. It all boils down again to your digestive system. Is there a lot going on different digestively when you're consuming just say a pure distillate edible versus a full spectrum edible like what are your what are the terpenes doing when you're supposedly eating them do they them? hit at the same time do they hit at the same time the or are they different is. or is it also different you know whether you keep an edible in your mouth and kind of like suck on it and have it enter your bloodstream in a different way versus like chewing on something and swallowing it like your salivary glands or something like that exactly it's different mm-hmm. if you put something underneath your tongue versus Letting it go through your digestive system. Yeah, down the hatch. It's and those are all going to produce. How about in the wildly. eye? <laughs> <laughs> a, I just had to that's ask. A different thing. <laughs> it's oh, just that gonna, is totally. It's going to produce wildly right, different results. <laughs> um, and so the age old, the, the one of the main reasons why I wanted to make that chai caramel is because it's been a long debate with us and a lot of customers that we've had is do full spectrum hit differently, and I still really don't know what the end. Some how about the how about absolutely. the consensus from consensus from uh, your patients? What are what, what's the feedback been there? I'll say they, they have do. said it's more potent. I think full more spectrum potent. like does hit in a weird way, like different. Like it it gets me higher. Like like Randy's full spectrum hash rolls and edibles. I can't do 100 mil, and everyone, everyone talks to it. Everybody I'll, says they the say same. like 100 milligrams yeah, of I've hash rosin, and uh, the hash rosin edible does not hit the same as 100 milligrams like a distillate. The hash rosin, you can have like 50 milligrams. I was going to say, the hash, hash rosin will have you hiding in the bathroom mm-hmm. for sure. Yep. If you're not, if you don't know what's coming. I mean, well, a lot of people like with those caramels. Too. A little bit more mellow. A lot, for most people that have had them can eat maximum a half. It's been very interesting. Yeah, They're like a like quarter he- to a third too. is like, like, is oh, like it. Heavy hitters too. I'm like, Wait, okay, that's everybody goes to the bathroom with a. With <laughs> no, no, they, they'll just be out, like sleeping, done. Oh, I thought that's where they hid the bud. <laughs> that's oh, what yeah. I was. <laughs> well, honestly, just, I, it's pretty Somebody hard to move my joint in here. Yeah, I know they not, did. Man. I'm like naturally just energized. Which it, and yeah, we're about to too, lose him, by the way. Now you ain't so. losing me because I'm pretty sure there's a. I think there's a debate on tonight. Oh, oh, right, right, right. That is going to be... Oh, boy. Why don't, they, why don't they ever let Jill Don't Jorgensen do it. In? He's egging you on. Don't do it. <laughs> they're, they're, they're muting this the mics. This is all on you no, now. No, 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 no. I just thought it was funny that they're, that they're muting the mics. Uh, oh, was, yeah, uh, right. Every two minutes or so something like, like that. So they get like a little free discussion point, but other than that, they're not going to let people talk <laughs> over each other. Time to choose your master. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Any hopes uh, for, for, the coming, for the coming year with uh, 2021? One for things that you, you talked about, maybe pushing more towards edibles. Not political. We're talking like yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I switched gears. Politics, you know? I figured earlier you jumped on something and you jumped back, and I was like, okay, they want to talk about that a little bit more. So if you want to talk about politics, you can oh. jump right back in. <laughs> no, That's all right. I think we're good with politics. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> politics and religion don't make <clears throat> friends. No, not usually. Chocolate no. bars do though. Chocolate bars do. One of us sticking this thing in there. Honestly, you're really just what? pushing for peace, is what you're doing. Let's get it exactly. together, exactly. right? You know, everyone high You chocolate. win love yep. through the through the belly. You know, <laughs> chocolate is. Love. I don't know. Is that how the saying goes? Uh, I don't no, know. I don't think it's how. Okay, thank you so much for coming on, guys. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having us very much. It wasn't me, it was the paper. Me, it was the paper.